0: sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
1: If there is anyone out there who still doubts that America is a place where all things are possible.
2: America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free, and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. What magic wand
3: do you have?
1: A really strong job report to start the year finishing really
4: after a very strong year last year 2.6 million jobs created last year and, and here the first month of this
3: year 304,000 net new jobs that's more the economists had expected
0: and now Stacey Washington
3: oh yeah it's me I'm back and there's so much show for you today so much show so let's get right into it let the peace of Christ rule into your hearts, rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Proverbs 22, 29 says, see thou a man diligent in his business. He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. And Romans 14, 19, which says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. So I picked those verses for today because guess what? Sometimes we're worried about what, other people are doing. I find myself doing it. Um, I, I know other people do it to me because they text me or they call me and I'm like, wow, deeply into my business, I see. We all do it and we're all guilty of it. And so what we have to do when we find ourselves kind of really obsessed with what other people are doing is just come back to the source. God has given each of us a very specific job to do. He wants us to do that thing. And when we're focused on other people and what they might be doing, we can't get that done. So what we want to do is make sure that we are at all times about the business of our father, the assignment that he gave to us so that we can accomplish it and glorify him. And so these verses are really, really encouraging because let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That's Colossians 315. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. We're called to peace, peace among men, peace in our families, peace among each other. We're, that's what we're called to. So it's pretty exciting. Um, to have all of this going on right now, and to have our um, wonderful, you know, just the ability to come here and do a show and kind of get things going here. And today on the program, we're going to be chatting with Jesse Jane Jesse Jane Duff. She's Gunnery Sergeant Jesse Jane Duff, and we're going to chat with her and also Mark Walters of Armed American Radio. Now, you guys know Mark Walters. Remember when all that went on? Uh, the whole America's First Freedom cover story and the Fox News pieces and stuff like that. And it was because I'd been suspended from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And then after that, I had, you know, it was clearly, um, you know, just a God thing, a really wonderful run with the NRA and writing for them. And then we went forward from there. And um, last year in the fall, the Second Amendment Foundation um, gave me their... Award for Journalism, Journalist of the Year for 2018, which was so fantastic. And so he's going to join us today to talk about the Colorado school shooting, the gun-free zones, and what what kind of lunacy we're seeing. We, we actually now have an entire party of people, political party, who regularly advocate for the very circumstance that permits deranged gunmen to kill innocents, and that is They want gun-free zones. They want more gun-free zones, as if the ones we have now haven't been deadly enough. So Mark will join us to talk about that in the third segment. Right now, up until the first guest, call lines are wide open for you, 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. So right now, let's talk Heavenly Chicken. When you hear Heavenly Chicken, do you think about Chick-fil-A? Do you say to yourself, "Mm, chicken? Yeah, uh, I do. Now, I'm on like a less meat regimen, so I'm not eating as much meat as I had previously. Um, and I find this is pretty helpful. I'm, I'm actually enjoying it. But that does not include completely, you know, calling off on on uh, heavenly chicken, which is Chick-fil-A. So it's interesting. They're in the news a lot today because people really hate them. So this is a great lesson for us as individuals that if we go about doing what God has let us to do, he's, he says, Stacy you go do this you know John you go do that Mary you go do that whatever your name is you go do that God has something for you to do and if you go do it even when the onslaught comes when the enemy comes in like a lion, when he is at your door you're still gonna prosper the Bible also says in Psalms Psalm 21, that he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies and your cup will overflow. But that's that's if you're obedient, you're doing what he called you to do, and you're operating not on your own strength, but on his strength, which is what the Chick-fil-A company, that's what they do. It's a pleasure to serve you. It, it, there's nothing like hearing that before you get your chicken. So the two uh, headlines, and I, oh, we have callers, so what we'll do is, I'll just give you the headlines here and then we'll go to the calls. Chick-fil-A has been, compared to pornography by a university faculty group that's pushing to get rid of the chicken chain on their university campus. So remember that all these protests started back in 2012. And they're actually saying at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. That's quite a mouthful. So California Poly Sci San Luis Obispo the faculty there are saying that having the Christian friendly business on campus is like showing their students explicit, films. We don't sell pornography in the bookstore and we don't have a Hooters on campus. And we select these things based on our existing values. So they're saying if, and this is academic Senate vice chair, Thomas Gutierrez um, that we need to get rid of them. So 38 of 44 members voted in favor of ending the restaurants presidents at the California school. But here's the cake taker. They've been there for 25 years. So there's that. Now the, the heavenly chicken is like pornography. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. And then Chick-fil-A in prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Your cup will overflow. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That little bit right there, that's this headline. Chick-fil-A to become the third largest fast food chain in the United States amid growing popularity. They're set to become the third largest fast food chain as their signature chicken sandwiches and waffle fries soar in popularity. And here's the the fantastic thing. Over 50 years after opening their first restaurant in Atlanta, their sales numbers have risen significantly, bested only by McDonald's and Starbucks. And this is according to food service consultancy Technomic Incorporated, which this report comes from the Wall Street Journal. So in their past 10 years, the restaurant sales have tripled from, Triple two, $10.2 billion, which is their number for 2018. And that's according to Mark Moritakis, a Chick-fil-A senior director. He says, we've been pretty consistent in how over multiple decades we're going to take it slow and steady. It doesn't hurt that they host Bible studies there. It doesn't hurt that in the bathroom you can not only wash your hands but also put on lotion, and it's not the cheap lotion. It doesn't hurt that the bathrooms are always clean, and it never hurts that some days when you pull up and you're ready to order your coffee and your breakfast chicken sandwich, they say, you get a coffee and a breakfast sandwich for free today, would you like anything else? And you get your free breakfast and keep on rolling. That doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt that I've never been there and had anybody rude at the window. Yeah, that that doesn't hurt. It actually helps. So when we go about doing what God has for us to do, he'll bless our work in spite of the enemy. In fact, he revels in doing that. Otherwise, why did he put it in the Bible? God is that good. All right, Mary in Kansas. Hey, thanks for calling the show today.
5: Well, thank you they uh, say, I'd like to talk about the shooting in Colorado. The young man that gave his life to protect the other students. I wonder how many of those students' parents were left-winged and that they don't believe in all the Christian things that he gave his life for. And then they said that the girl that shot him actually said she wasn't a she, she was a he, and they said she was just mentally disturbed and everything. She couldn't help what he or she was doing. So that shows then that... Doing that surgery and doing all that medicine, it's gonna make you that crazy. Where you come back in and you shoot
4: mm.
5: other young people at your school, then now to teach the people that if you're gonna be homosexual, be at that. Don't mess with your body. Where you're gonna screw up your brain if you're gonna come back and kill somebody. Why affected me so much about that young man died? That so he told his dad he would affect anybody if they came into the school. My grandson told me same thing.
3: Mm. And that the, is amazing.
5: I'm so sorry. But that young man gave his life, and I praise in the arm of Jesus, but I want people to stop and think if this girl killed him, and then she blamed it on her mental capability, and I have to be out to just live your life. Don't screw up your body with medicine and surgery, and God bless everybody, and thank you for listening to me.
3: Oh, Mary, thank you so much, and, and thank you for your heartfelt sentiments there. I'm I'm... I'm of the mindset that, and I've said it all along, that, of course, transgender behavior, gender dysphoria, it has always been classified until just recently as a mental illness. And celebrating that instead of treating these people and giving them the help that they need means we have more instances where they're lashing out, they're acting outside of themselves. And honestly, I I don't think it's a fair defense for her to be able to go to some cushy mental institution after she's killed somebody. She should have to suffer the consequences of her actions. It is not that boy's fault that she had gender dysphoria or decided to uh, you know, do the shooting. It just it does it's it's nonsensical. Uh, let's go to Matthew in Oklahoma. Hey Matthew, thanks for calling the show today.
2: Hey, good morning, ma'am. How are you? Good afternoon. Good morning. Man. Doing pretty good.
3: <laughs> or oh, afternoon. <laughs>
2: yeah. Awesome. I love your show. I really appreciate your perspective. It's always right on. And I just wanna tell you I, I work at a public school and you know, as a Christian and former military member, um, my perspective is this um, on the, the whole issue with guns. <clears throat> um, you can't stop someone with murder in their heart uh, unless you have the fear of God or a good man or a good man with a the gun. There's, you know, those two things will, will fix the problem. And I think it's ridiculous. I don't think there should be any gun-free zone in the United States with the exception of the courthouse and the police station. Let them take care of their own security, but everywhere else should be, we should be able to protect ourselves. That's the essence of the Second Amendment. And so
3: anyway, uh, that was so just right. my thought. Thank you, Matthew, and thank you for your service and for your continuing public service and working in, uh, you know, education. I appreciate that. We we appreciate you. Um, so I can't disagree with anything Matthew said. He's dead on the money. If there's anything we know. It's that when you say, uh, you know, put a little sign up and you put that on the door, that means you, you're you saying you can come in here and shoot people with impunity because we don't have any guns in here. And we're just going to trust you, bad guy, not to come in here and do that. Well, that's, that's the wrong attitude. That gives evil the upper hand. Because you notice that criminals don't have gun-free zones in any of the areas where they operate. Criminals never make announcements like, whoop. Well, I'm about to do this robbery, but I'm definitely unarmed. No. So evil never takes a break. It never takes a breather. And we as diligent, you know, members of our society have to be willing to come out and do everything that we can to protect the vulnerable among us. And children fall into that category. A one. Okay. But I have to say this, you know, I can't take calls like those two on this subject without saying it is biblical that when we say, you know what, God, you get out, you don't be here, you, you don't belong here in our public square, you don't belong in our schools, you don't belong in our public, uh, you know, we, we can't have children bumping into the Ten Commandments and learning that uh, they shouldn't kill or they shouldn't steal or they shouldn't covet. We can't have you and your crosses and the representations of Jesus Christ's work on the cross. We can't have that out in public. We can't say that stuff, which is exactly what we've said, and then expect everything to continue on hunky-dory as it has been before. Now, one of the primary reasons that we didn't have as many school shootings before was obviously there were more intact homes. Parents were in the home, both of them. Uh, The other thing is obviously kids had guns at school because they were in rifle clubs. They could bring their gun to school on the bus and either leave it with the bus driver or take it into school and put it in their locker and then get it after school and go to target practice. So there were guns all over the place. People got into fights. There were, I'm sure there were evil kids back then, just like there are now. But it didn't, it didn't escalate into what we're seeing. So, yeah. Also, I wonder how it's okay in this news story for them to say that this transgendered, so it's a boy that thought he was a girl. How are they even making that delineation in this story without getting totally worked over the coals by the left? Double standards, double rules, whatever. All right. When we get back, we're going to have Gunny Sergeant Duff. She's a good friend and she's going to be awesome. All right. Stay right there.
6: Tour for March of 2020 is set. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Last year we sold out in August, and I expect us to do that again this year. There is such a high demand, especially among Christians in America, to see Israel, the land of the Bible. So we're going again in March on our annual trek. So I wanted to go ahead and let you know if you want to sign up and register. Get more information, whatever the case may be. If you want to go to our website, twholyland.com, twholyland.com, everything is there, twholyland.com. You can even print off a brochure from that website. It's going to be a wonderful time visiting Israel with brothers and sisters from across our country as we go to the Holy Land in March. So go ahead and get signed up now, twholyland.com.
7: Hi, I'm Crawford LaRitz with a Legacy Moment. I had a 13-year-old boy tell me every time I've trusted my dad to come through, he's always let me down. He promised he would come to my football games. I looked for him, and he never showed up. He promised to pay for my trip to Disney World. I never saw the money. He promises to hang out with me, but most of the time he cancels and says something has come up. When this kid told me this, my heart was broken. I thought to myself, who can this kid trust? A lot of that in which we place our confidence is not very trustworthy. Let's face it. In fact, apart from God, nothing in this life is ultimately a sure thing. People let you down. I've let folks down. It's called being human, having crowded schedules, sometimes making wrong decisions and choices, and yes, even sometimes our own sin. So we're not perfect and we're not ultimately trustworthy. But there is one who is totally trustworthy. Listen to these words in Psalm chapter 40, verse 4. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood. Listen to that opening line again. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust. Notice the word trust is singular. God has become ultimately that which he has put his total confidence in. This does not mean we can't, in a relative way, trust other people. But ultimately speaking, God is the only one who will never let us down. He's the only one who comes through time and time again. Well, here's what I want you to remember today. God never lets his people down. There's no failure in him. When all else and everybody else has failed you, you can trust God. More information about the ministry of Crawford-Loritz can be found online at
8: livingalegacy.org.
0: You can watch a live stream of the show on Facebook or YouTube at Stacy on the Right. Now back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
3: Welcome back to the program. Thanks for being here today. Don't forget to head over to StacyOnTheRight.com and hit the subscribe button. Also, go to AFR.net and UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Don't forget we're having our uh, ministry-wide marriage and family conference. It's happening in June, and you can find the agenda, the speakers list, and everything you need to do to register for it. It's in Tupelo, Mississippi at the Hope Church, and uh, I guarantee it's going to be a great time. So right now it's my pleasure to welcome good friend and uh most awesome commentator of all things which we're gonna have so much fun talking about this bar situation it's gunnery sergeant jessie jane duff she's U.S. Marine Corps retired um she's a combat vet and she's awesome. Jesse Jane, well, thanks not for a joining us.
4: Vet. Not a combat vet.
3: Oh okay well
4: pardon me. Still yeah, a vet no, though. No. Support, yeah yeah yeah
3: supported combat supported it <laughs> ah me too <laughs> me too you. well you're you're awesome so thank you for t- taking the time today this bar situation I got to tell you, I'm a little flummoxed that they're voting to find him in contempt for following the law.
4: Oh, this is just a a comedy of errors. I love the Democrats stirring the pot because all they're going to do is get have a worse on their face than they already are. The quicker they accept the results of this investigation, the quicker they will be able to hide in the shadows because of the snakes that they actually are. But instead, they want to keep stirring this pot. And here's what we do know. We know that the Mueller investigation was based upon a lie. We know that Robert Mueller, and I know this, went into the investigation knowing there was no Russian collusion. And how do I know this? Because prior to this all happening, there were three plans that happened. There was a plan to overwhelm and try to investigate all of the nominees against Hillary Clinton. And in particular, it was uh, Donald Trump. They investigated using the NSA. We all know this. We know that the head of the NSA went to President Trump and told him that he was being surveilled. That's when he came up with the wiretap. He had to get his people out of the Trump headquarters. Well, then once he shut that down at the NSA because these folks were utilizing their systems to track, they then come up with the field dossier, A. Fake and false story, which we know is a fake and false story, used to go to the FISA court so that they can now stop putting warrants legally on people, even though it was an illegal document, but then they can surveil legally. And when you get one warrant, it gives them access to two more, meaning if I email you and they're surveilling me, now they can surveil you. Then they can surveil who you email. Essentially, they have the entire Uh, campaign probably under some form of surveillance doing this method. We all know this is dirty, and for the Democrats to sit back and try to suggest that this is some type of of cover-up by William Barr, they're going to only expose that Mueller was the cleanup guy. He was supposed to come in and clean up the spill on aisle nine that Comey had created, Peter Strozak had created, Lisa Page. Let's go on and on with all of the players, the oars, everybody having an affair, everybody who hated the fact that President Trump won the election. So what did he try to do? Then try to find obstruction. And when he closed out the investigation, the way he wrote it was in a way where it left that little glimmer of hope that there was some form of obstruction. But if there truly was obstruction, he would have said, so. that it would have never held up in court because there was no obstruction. So in a nutshell, I tell I to say to the Democrats, keep it up. You're going to be watching more and more of your people that were behind the scenes doing this under the Obama administration that were basically committing a crime against the future president of the United States.
3: So you totally ripped that up. Like That's awesome. But. I ask one more thing, because I, I think that this there's a point that is in all of this. There's so many good points because Barr is on the right. He's he's in the right here. Um, but Jesse, in our American form of jurisprudence, because I, I forgot to mention that you're also a fellow, a senior fellow over at the London Public Policy Institute. So this is also right up your alley in our American system of jurisprudence. Is it incumbent upon the person who's being investigated to prove that they have not committed a crime or are they innocent until proven guilty and the prosecutor only brings forward a case if they have a preponderance of evidence that they feel they could present to a jury and possibly get a guilty verdict? Because there's only one of those can operate.
4: (laughs) Of course. We are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And what they are trying to do, the Democrats up there on the Hill are essentially trying to create a crime. You can't legally be investigating people to find a crime. And that's essentially what the Mueller investigation was empowered to do by the mere fact that Jeff Sessions had to recuse himself because of his ties to the campaign that was being investigated. We ended up having Rosenstein, who was closely linked to Bob Mueller, to do this investigation. Now what are they doing? They're up to no good. They had two years to just find anything they could. Oh, yeah, they found some other elements of crime, not even based upon the collusion. Unfortunately, Manafort had some problems that he had obviously engaged in with the Ukraine. We saw uh, Cohen's with his tax evasion. We saw a variety of other issues arise. However, with Papadopoulos, you know that he was set up. That the person that they sent to him to talk to him, that they claimed was a Russian agent, never was a Russian agent. The people that they sent to talk to Donald Trump Jr. were Russians, but they were close to the Hillary Clinton campaign. They knew the Clintons. All of these things are essentially, what, what do we call that? What's that legal term when you're basically setting somebody up to commit up a crime? Entrapment. They were trying to get a crime. They were trying. And thank God, Holy Father has some grace upon these people not to feel tempted or allured to go down a path that they shouldn't have been going down, but they were trying to set them up to go down. And thank God that this is now surfacing. I know one thing about Washington, D.C. Loose lips sink ships. These people can't keep their mouths shut if they honestly thought that this crime that they were trying to create against president trump was not going to see the light of day they were very very naive mark meadows i would tell all the listeners watch him closely he knows this case inside and out and he knows all the dirty deeds of the Mueller camp uh the Mueller camp he knows the dirty deeds of what was going on in the fbi watch jim jordan these two have been exposing it and the one the king of them ball is Devin Nunes. Congressman Devin Nunes, when he speaks on Fox, he cannot even say everything he knows, because a lot of it is still classified. But if you listen closely and you learn how to speak his language, you'll know what he's talking about. He is talking about how they deliberately set this up, that they went to the NSA to start snooping around in that big database they had illegally, then when they couldn't accomplish that because the NSA director caught them. They go through with this fake dossier, go to the FISA court, and with this fantasy story so they can start surveilling people. And now you've got the FBI director saying that, oh, it was, I don't agree with the word spying. I'm now suspicious on what are you trying to do? Don't get involved in this mess, because if you're going to try to protect your friends or those that you have worked closely with, you're you're, you're going down a very slippery he was careful with his words. He didn't say it wasn't spying. He just said, I disagree with the use of the word. It mm. may not be like a spy from a James Bond movie, but they were putting that campaign under surveillance, and it was not legal. It wasn't based upon anything legal. And how can the president be obstructing something that he was being investigated for that never happened?
3: Right. If there's no crime, he can't have obstructed. But, you know, I, I think there's a, another point to be made. This bad behavior in Washington, D.C. has now spawned bad behavior in New York, which isn't exactly known in their attorney general's department for being on the complete up and up. The people there, prosecutors in the AG in New York City, like to make a name for themselves by prosecuting high profile cases so they can then move on and advance their careers. And so you have the prosecutor up there, the, the attorney general, I should say, she's actually subpoenaing records of Trump transactions for the entire family, their businesses, so that she can search for a crime. Again, I go back to the very basic Anglo-Saxon form of, you know, judicial system that we have here, which is innocent until proven guilty. If her, you know, investigation, which is a witch hunt, is allowed to stand, then that means AGs across the country can say, you know what, I I don't like that Democrat. I don't like Nancy Pelosi. Exactly. I want to subpoena her exactly. bank records for the winery and the, 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 the restaurants and, and the, exactly. you know, she's got a bunch of business interests and she's really, really rich, just like Donald Trump. So it could really be, uh, this could backfire on them. I, I think about the Bible verse where it says in the Bible, if you set a boulder up to roll on your enemy or your neighbor, the boulder will roll down on you. The trap you set for your enemy, you will be ensnared in it. The Democrats are really toying with fire here because Jesse, you and I both know. Those ones, they they know a scandal. They know how to crack up on a scandal real good. They don't want uh, attorney generals across the country looking into them. They don't want that.
4: Uh, Absolutely not. And you know, a lot of people have said to me that Congress has the authority to review tax records, but you know what, that authority was only utilized once, and it was probably uh, about 50, the precedent is decades ago. And under the terms in which it was used was quite extreme. You cannot look at tax records just for the sake of looking at people's tax records. That is not proper procedure. That is not what their job is. I think the House of Cards is collapsing, and we don't hear from Adam Schiff much anymore. I will tell you another voice out there that you've got to watch out for is James Clapper. James Clapper also received that dossier when he was at the head of the uh, CIA, and the FBI did not know he had it. So here they both are now talking about the same thing, and the FBI actually thought somebody was leaking. James Clapper knew that that dossier was fake. And when he was asked when he had received it, he claimed that he had received it, I believe, after the investigation had started. But what he's not admitting to is he was informed of what was in it prior to that. So many of these questions that are being asked aren't being framed in the right way so that they can't show that these people are definitively lying. James Clapper, the former CIA director, was a big part of this and was out there on CNN suggesting to people or basically insisting to people that he knew for a fact that Donald Trump had done this. And mm. why wouldn't people believe him with the title that he had? People blindly assumed just because you were a CIA director, you had to have been clean. And I'll tell you one other person we're going to be very curious about is Gina Haskell. Gina Haskell, now the uh, head of the CIA, us mm. where she was in charge of, where the field dossier came out of our, uh, our nice little uh, British ally there. She was in charge of the branch in the U.K. Oh, really? Branch. Oh, yes. She was that's in charge a detail of that. And so know. there is a been suggestion with some of the meetings that went on over there under her purview that she was possibly quite aware of this herself. Now, I have not seen anything that's pulling her into this. I'll be very honest. I don't think that a lot of people want to have those that were inadvertently connected to it go down. She may not have actually orchestrated anything, but did she know about it? It will be quite interesting to see if that surfaces.
3: You know, and I think that you've just you have basically just filleted open the the true problem that the Democrats are having right now. I don't think they lay up at night worried about Barr, you know, specifically per se. They're only worried about him now because he used the word spying in in their presence. He said he was going to get to the bottom of. Of what happened. He said he was going to understand what the impetus for the entire investigation into then candidate Donald Trump was because it's so unprecedented, so ridiculously outside of their purview to investigate presidential candidates. Unless they've got like RICO or mob connections, they would not be looking into a presidential candidate, especially during the campaign for the presidency. In other words, what they accused the Russians of, influencing the US election. I believe that the holding on of the Mueller report until February of this year actually influenced the midterm election. So they, they've got some really hot potatoes they're trying to, like, navigate. Oh, they don't have yeah. any of those little oven mitts. They're just out there with their little naked hands just trying to hold the hot potatoes, and they don't know what to do. And they're blaming everything on Barr. But all he is is he's just the cleanup guy. He's got a mop and a bucket, and he's like, I think I smell a mess in here, and well, I'm here to I clean don't it up. I think he's
4: the cleanup guy. I don't think he's the cleanup guy. I think he's the exposer. He didn't ah, so he is
3: going to it. uncover. It. I think
4: Mueller was the cleanup guy trying to hide all this. I think he was mm. out there. We're all staring at this spill on aisle nine. And he's trying to turn it into an obstruction of justice case because they had to have something to get rid of President Trump. And the reason that investigation got shut down is William Barr walked in and said, OK, what do you got? You've been at this for two years and you found any collusion. And he knew there was no collusion. He knew it. There was nothing. All he had was all the circumstantial evidence of things that happened outside of the campaign, but nothing that was directly uh, uh, coordinated with the campaign. He is going to expose us. That still on aisle nine, is going to see the light of day. People are not going to be happy when they see the results of this. And, yes, the Democrats are so embedded into their position, they are going to die on their sword, which is a very stupid way to go down. I would suggest that everybody should start thinking about what they're saying, Democrat, Republican, those who dislike President Trump, that if you're on the wrong side of the truth, you're going to be seen and you're going to be mm-hmm. declared wrong. But Democrats want this so that they can try to uh, hold him in contempt of Congress because they're trying to shut him off. And it's mm-hmm. too late. It's not going to happen. William Barr is a smart smart man, a very strategic man. He knows the law better than you and I would ever know. it. I'm quite confident
3: of that. And you're a pretty darn smart lady, Miss Washington. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. So are you. Uh, You know, (laughs) Jesse, I I have to say, your analysis here is so dead on. And I just keep thinking about I just keep going back to it. And you know how it is, you know, you're, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're, you know, you're driving to pick up a kid or something, you're doing something. And it just pops into my mind, what He said when he was actually in the chair, when they were grilling him and trying to like like Kamala Harris had some kind of tick where she just asked the same question over and over and over again in the angry voice. While that was going on, he was sitting there as cool as a cucumber, sipping water like Marco Rubio. And then he would he would just say, I'm the attorney general. His he was very firm in where he was. He was not ruffled. He didn't seem as if he was worried about anything. But more than that, he kept reiterating to them that there was something else that he needed to do, which was find out how all of this came to be and why. And you mentioned James Clapper. He called the president a traitor on on CNN. He said the president was a puppet of the Russians. And he said the president was guilty of treasonous actions. Those are things that I think are going to come back to bite him as Barr looks into who said what, who did what, who was in charge of what. I think those are going to be very, very bad things he said.
4: For a former CIA director who had access to all of this intelligence, who had access to this sealed dossier because it did get over there to the CIA, for him to deliberately uh, reinforce, to degrade the credibility of this duly elected president is reprehensible. And the president was 150 percent right to remove his clearance. A lot of people were outraged by that. But he was undermining the president with falsehoods and lies you doing that, having that clearance is a privilege. It is not a right. And when you're abusing that privilege and implying to the American public that you have access to things that you shouldn't have access to, then obviously we need to cut off that supposed mm. access that you're claiming that you have. Perfect. I am, well, Jesse Jane, I'm we're running out of time.
3: Behavior. And you were fantastic. Thank you so much, Jesse Jane Duff, Gunnery Thank Sergeant, you. retired. Thank you for coming on. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a great weekend. All right, we'll be back with more. Stay right there. This is Uncommon Moments. Here's former Super Bowl winning NFL coach Tony Dungy and his wife Lauren sharing from their book Uncommon Marriage.
1: Prioritizing family time was something Lauren and I learned from Coach Noel of the Pittsburgh Steelers when we first got married. He gave his assistant coaches plenty of vacation time and always scheduled a long break before training camp began. He never called us over the summer asking us to come into the office or to work. For the first eight years of our marriage, Tony and I knew we had the month of June and the first part of July to ourselves, and we loved it. Coach Noll knew the importance of family time, and he modeled that for Tony and me.
3: Make sure that family time is a priority in your own life and set aside time. Tony and Lauren Dungy, authors of Uncommon Marriage, learning about lasting love and overcoming life's obstacles together. Discover more at CoachDungy.com.
0: Stand by. The BSAC Radio Show spotlights Christian rap artists.
7: never try to put me on the pedestal. The Lord is working on me. I'm getting better still.
0: Hear in-depth interviews and news about upcoming releases. b is the Biblically Sound Artist Coalition. Ready or not. Ready or not. Don't miss the BSAC Radio Show. Saturdays from 10 a.m. to noon central on Urban Family Talk.
7: Chris Brooks. We cannot underestimate the responsibility of evangelism. That is why shows like this, Equipped, which is committed to equipping you every day to live, share, and defend your faith, are extremely important because anyone who does not confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is outside of God's saving grace. Equipped,
0: weekdays at noon central on Urban Family Talk. This is Paul Puri with Fox News Director of Polling, Dana Blanton.
1: Last week, a co-worker, while bemoaning that we'll hear about 2020 presidential polls for the next year and a half, declared early polls on the race meaningless. Wow. Here's why I say they're valuable. Without polls, who would believe that after the Me Too movement and despite the most diverse primary field ever, two white men in their 70s are leading the Democratic race? Early polls tell us that and they show us how candidate support changes over time, or that it doesn't change. For junkies tracking Democratic primary polls, take care when comparing numbers. Some pollsters have the respondent volunteer the name of the candidate they support, Others read a list and the respondent picks. Both are valid methods, but can yield different results. Plus, the race is still taking shape as more candidates jump in. How does that affect the race? The polls tell us that, too, and we'll be following them for the next year and a half. I'm Dana Blanton, and that's your poll Puri.
0: Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
3: Hey, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for being here today. Don't forget to check out stacyontheright.com, AFR.net, and UrbanFamilyTalk.com. And as always, our new site, OneNewsNow.com. It's my pleasure to welcome my good friend, Mark Walters. He's the host of two programs, one that airs during the week and the big flagship. It's like a big monster super ship, like in the, uh, <laughs> the space. It's like a spaceship, you know, the ones that aren't really real, but us sci-fi buffs, we love them. It's a big, huge show. It's a monster show. That's what he nicknamed it. And I've been on it a few times before. It's like an avalanche. You're on every station in like the known universe at the same time talking guns. It's so awesome. Mark, thanks for joining us. Stacey, I love you. What a great intro. <laughs> I'm just saying, when I go the on your show, it's like show. an avalanche of like listeners and callers <laughs> and people tweeting at you and going, I heard you on Mark Walters. I'm like, I know you did because there were nobody who didn't yeah, hear it that great. night. Yeah, it's awesome.
8: You know, Neil McCabe from One American News Network. I my ten year anniversary was was April twenty eighth. Like ten years on the air. Never missed never missed sitting in that chair for that monster show in a ten year ten year run. It's remarkable. And we're just getting started. And I ran a clip from Neil McCabe who's now a White House correspondent at One American News Network and he was a regular contributor and he <laughs> said I welcomed him to the show in this old clip and I said, Neil, welcome to the program and he said, Mark, trying to Trying to count the number of affiliates you're on is like trying to count the star. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. 50 and growing. It's great. Right. <laughs> That's stuff. fantastic. How are
3: you? you know, I'm doing pretty good, but I'm annoyed because as a mom, I know oh. you, ha- you guys have kids. You have a beautiful wife and family, and you're in the same situation I'm in. When I see the little sign, like if I'm someplace and I'm going in and I see a gun-free zone sign, well, first of all, I kind of. I, I ain't gonna lie. I kind of disregard. Uh, I only pay attention if it's a federal building. But if if I see that sign, I immediately know. Okay, so danger is higher in here because um, bad guys think nobody in here is armed, and that is the situation in the K through 12 public schools across this country. Pretty much, you know, just, just there's a few bright spots, but everywhere else, it's just a dark tunnel with kids in it, and you know, bad guys can go in. And the situation in Colorado is no different. I know the players are different, but in in essence, it's. I'm going to go to school and shoot it up, and I don't have to worry about anybody shooting me back because I know it's a gun-free zone.
8: Well, and you know what's interesting about everything that you just said is there's really no such thing as a gun-free zone, and you just showed why. Because criminals ignore those signs when it's – because criminals don't pay attention to the law. We all know that. Mm. So if you're a criminal and you decide you want to carry a gun somewhere, you're not supposed to go by law, not just by policy, but by law. It's a gun, there's no such thing as a gun-free zone. There's no such thing as a gun-free school when a criminal... And, well, there is, and so the criminal decides to make it a gun, make it a, 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 a gun zone and, and right. go in with the intent to do harm, as we saw yesterday, or, over the last couple of days. And we see this time and time again. We have a terrible problem in this country, and we have a terrible problem with a generation that seems to be suffering from the problem. I, I never had this issue when I was a kid. Stacy, did you?
3: no. And but see, I went to Department of Defense schools, so they're on military bases, and there are guns all over military installations because anyone who's authorized right. to carry a gun on there, you know, they don't have to announce it; they don't—they're just authorized to carry on base. Um, it's it's to me, it's not really that different than regular society because as a civilian now, I've been a civilian for twenty years plus. I, I, I never really think, oh, no one around me is armed. I rather assume, right. you know, to be on the more the, the the proactive suggestion or thought processes i would assume that un, you know everyone here is armed or at least someone here is armed and then i operate accordingly i'm not really worried about it because i'm not planning on harming anyone but i assume that because this is america 400 to 600 million guns pe- there's got to be somebody around here who's carrying but i also know what you said to be the truth criminals have never paid attention to laws that's why they're criminals And especially on guns, they always carry a gun into an area that they're not supposed to. Banks, post offices, workplaces, hospitals, you know, any place you would think you can't bring a gun in here, a criminal has already taken a gun in there to do harm. So the idea that we could just put a sign up, like if that worked, nobody would speed. Right, Mark? There are signs up that tell us how fast to go. People just disregard them. So if we can't keep people from speeding, how do we keep people from carrying their guns into places they don't want? We don't want them to go and shooting people. We can't. Signs don't work.
8: We we provide a counter sign that says "Warning: mm-hmm. Any attempt to harm our children on these school grounds will be met with deadly force," and we publicize that. And look, I, I know this sounds really crazy, but I know you'll get it because your sense of humor is a lot like mine. We don't even have to have the policy. We could just publicize that, even if it wasn't true, and the criminal didn't know it wasn't true, and would go somewhere else. You well, see, that they would. The mere thought yeah. that they would be shot at is a deterrent, period. It is. We know it is. It's true.
3: Well, criminals aren't the smartest, and they're also not the bravest people. Because, you know, a brave person is like, you know what? If I'm going to win this situation, I don't need a gun. I'm going to use my brute force and right. my, you know, my right. intellect. But criminals always want to put things in their own advantage. So they, that that's why criminals usually break in at night. They break in during the day when only women you know, are more than likely to be at home or no one's supposed to be home. That's why they the first thing they do when they get in is they shoot the dog. That's why when they do home invasions, they show up in groups of two or three or more. They want to overpower you and overwhelm you and control the situation. They don't put themselves at a disadvantage because, well, Mark, they're criminals, right? <laughs> so, I mean, all of these assumptions. Well, you know, that's
8: why they off themselves when the SWAT team shows up. They don't want the SWAT team. They kill themselves. These are cowards right out of the box. And what yeah. I find really fascinating, you know, you've got now in, in a case in Florida where Governor DeSantis has signed the bill that will allow not only teachers but other staff to arm themselves in schools. And you're going to see down there that there will be, if there will be a reduction of crime, period, number one. You more than likely will not see another parkland, but you've got counties that are already criminals. Already know where to go. For example, Hillsborough County has said that they will not allow the school boards in that county and Pinellas County and others are already declaring themselves to be victim zones and killing zones by telling criminals that they're not going to allow their teachers to carry. So if you're a criminal, where are you going to go to the school to the school down in Manatee County that's carrying guns, or to the school in Hillsborough County? You see, it's it's sad that we've gotten to this point. In America, that people can't understand certain basic things. You talk about signs not working. If a sign was effective, why don't we just put one up on the highway entrance to every city in America? This is a gun-free, crime-free, murder-free city.
3: Mm-hmm.
8: And, if, course, and, and see how it works,
3: because suggested, they've tried everything else, in fact, Mark. Even having
8: the conversation about it is insane, quite frankly.
3: But they've tried everything else. You know what I mean? They've tried confiscating the guns. They've tried... Um, you know, taking taking the dads out of the home, making the government the dad, taking the churches out of the, the equation with the schools. They've tried every known thing. And now, you know how it is when you've tried everything and you're, you're exhausted and you're like, well, I guess I better go ahead and try. And usually that's when you stumble upon the answer because you've been trying all the stupid stuff. Now you're down to the wire and mm-hmm. you're willing to try something that sounds a little crazy, but it's really the answer. And the answer is, like you said, is to basically there is no gun free zone. Anywhere you are as a criminal, you need to assume that the people you're encountering may or may not be armed and not just armed, but trained. And then you are taking your own life into your own hands because it seems like, as you said, that the criminals like to shoot themselves. After they shoot everybody, they shoot themselves because they don't want to be shot Mm -hmm. by SWAT or uh, law enforcement. And it seems like the worst thing you can do to a person like that is to shoot them. They don't want you to shoot them. You know what's interesting?
8: You brought up a great point just a little little bit earlier at the beginning of our conversation. But let me kind of go there. You were talking about 400 to 600 million guns. I would say it's probably even higher than that. And let's just go back to Florida because DeSantis just signed the bill. When you hear the teachers say or the governors say, more guns in school, teachers are here to teach. We We want to leave law enforcement to law enforcement. We don't want our teachers to be involved in law enforcement. I want to give your audience these numbers. At Parkland, 1 minute and 39 seconds was the response with an armed law enforcement officer. Now, that officer was a coward and did Mm -hmm. not go in. The point that I'm making is there was 1 minute and 39 seconds, which is 10 times faster than the national average of response time, and this man was there armed. Now, he chose not to go in. Again, forget that. But he could have. He didn't. Here's what happened. In the 1 minute and 38 seconds leading up to his arrival, the 1 minute and 38 seconds preceding his arrival, 20 people were shot, 9 fatally. In one minute and 38 seconds. So when you hear a governor say more guns in school is not the answer, that governor is playing politics with your children's lives. He's putting his agenda in front of the children's lives because the gun in the school is, in fact, the answer. That's why the commission found unanimously, and every single one of them went into that anti teachers carrying guns, all came out and said, My God, after watching that video, this kid could have been stopped multiple times and the carnage could have ended. And they all recommended arming the teachers in schools so you know reality sinks in and now we're sitting here watching people like cory booker and and eric swalwell try to outleft each other with their anti-gun proposals one comes up with another crazy idea the other one comes out the next day with a wackier idea and we're going to see this all the way through 2020 and it's going to be hard to watch Stacey, it's going to be a difficult campaign to watch as a gun owner
3: well it is and, and and if you're just tuning in I'm speaking with Mark Walters of armed American radio he's a member of the i think a board member of the Second Amendment Foundation um, a lot of great organizations mark's affiliated with, and he has expertise spanning decades in this arena of, of second amendment and gun ownership conceal Carry um all and you even you even are partnered with some of your your closest friends are they create the Accessories like the the uh, the holsters and all that good stuff. So you're you're deep into Absolutely, this yes. subject and, and matter.
8: And I, am, I am a member of the board of directors of the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms, which is the sister to the Second Amendment Foundation. That is correct.
3: Yes, fan, and and these are fantastic organizations. I encourage you to go online and you know donate, join, what have you. There, it's it's how we keep uh, the the gun controllers and the gun grabbers at bay because the Second Amendment Foundation will file lawsuits and, and, you know, literally stop them in their tracks when they're trying to come in and take guns from law abiding citizens. And so as, as you're talking, I'm just, it's something just sticks out to me, Mark. It's, and, and I know part of it is because I'm a mom and I'm really, I'm, I think about the safety of not just our kids, but the ones that they're around, you know, they, they're where they, when they're at school or when they're at a uh, track right, practice right. or basketball, I think about the kids who are there and how they they just want to be there to play a game or to run a race or, you know, They're they're not there to get shot. They're not there to see someone get shot. But when evil rushes in, you have to be ready, right? You you said a minute and 38 seconds. And the way you described that, nine fatal shots and 20 in all shot in a minute and 38 seconds. This isn't about magazine rounds. It's not about uh, gun capacity or whether or not the kids had access to AR-15s. It's about having someone in that building who's closer than a minute and 38 seconds. Someone in the building Who's already there? Who's already armed and already prepared to engage a shooter? This is a this is another conversation away from well, we just can't have guns in the building. When the shooter's in the building, the first thing you're going to wish is, oh, I wish we had a gun because this guy is going to well, start you know, shooting Cuomo, in a minute. Governor
8: Cuomo, this is this is fascinating. Governor Cuomo was at a bill signing, and for some reason Nancy Pelosi was there. It was the it was his. I think it was another expanded background check or some other stupid gun control law that won't stop or has not and never will stop another crime in New York. But he was signing it. Somebody mentioned to him about arming teachers, and he said, yeah, that's what we need is a shootout breaking out in the classroom. And I thought to myself, that's exactly what you need, because when the criminal walks in with, with a gun and he's unopposed, he's the one doing all the killing. Nobody can fight back. And it, I thought about the irony, days. He's surrounded by his entire security detail, which is armed. Hmm. And if someone were to go into that bill signing to start shooting up the room— I guess Cuomo would feel it's okay to have his armed security shoot back in a gunfight. In other words, it's okay to protect me, but not thee. And when you hear teachers talk about, well, we shouldn't be arming teachers in schools, those very same teachers are the same ones that are doing just what you said a few minutes ago. They're walking into grocery stores, and they're surrounded by decent law-abiding people that have firearms. You know, Mm -hmm. the mother that doesn't want a teacher being armed might not realize that she's standing in a grocery line next to a teacher that's lawfully armed what makes that teacher so dangerous in the classroom but not in the, cl- in, the in the grocery store these people aren't thinking rationally it's derangement syndrome they, they've swallowed the red pill if they've just been sold a bill of goods and unfortunately the people at the top of the gun control food chain know this and use them and exploit them to push their gun, their gun grabbing agenda which is ultimate disarmament of American citizens. That's what they're pushing. That's what And, all
3: this and about. it sets kids up to get shot. It sets people up to get shot at work. It sets you, you see what I'm saying? It's like, I, I, I'll never forget. And I, I think we, we were laughing about this because you were trying to imagine me in the crack team training session that they have here um, at one of the gun, right. the gun shops. The one, actually it's the place where I got my concealed carry. And I went to their civilian armed response class. It's called crack for short. And so th- what I was shocked by was how, nervous I was. I knew I was in a training situation. I'm concealed carry certified. I, you know, I, I was carrying a paint gun. That's, it's like a Sig Sauer, uh, like military or not military police issue, but it, it's a paint gun. So I have on a vest and everything and a mask. So if I get hit with it, it will impact me, but it doesn't hurt. And I still was just pumping with adrenaline in the grocery store scene. It's like a gas station type, right. you know, convenience store and you're in there and you have a list of paper that they hand you and a basket and you're supposed to pick these fake items off the count off the shelves and put them in the basket but you know someone's going to come in and create a confrontation i was freaking out and so i when he when he finally did i couldn't believe how fast i unholstered that weapon and put him down mm-hmm. and what was funny about it mark was they were laughing at me because i was so nervous but i did it i did it correctly but that was a fake scenario and I knew it. So course, this idea that we're not supposed Stacey to have guns right. out is it's just it's it's ridiculous and that's why I'm so glad you're doing what you're if doing. We're, right, uh,
8: we're winning the battle.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Mark Walters, I'm gonna tweet you. Everybody go to Stacy on the right on Twitter. You can find him there. Also SAF.org and what's your website?
8: Armed Thank you, Stacey. and I'm All looking right. forward to seeing you on my show Sunday. <laughs> All
3: right. Talk to you then. Hey, God bless you from the heartland OneNewsnow.com news news and information up next.